continue for the 20th of year, but first the story. The Bashemtov had a particular inn that he would always visit when he went to a particular area. And this innkeeper loved the Bashemtov to such a degree that he set aside a room that was reserved for the Bashemtov every time the Bashemtov came. One time the Bashemtov came to this inn. And the innkeeper brings the Bashemto to his regular room. And when the innkeeper tried to open the door, the door was locked. And he was very confused and he rattled on the door. And then he realized it must be his very young boy, servant, that was helping him out. A non-Jewish young boy by the name of Peter. And he, he assumed he was inside. So he rattled the door and he called his name. And at some point, the young boy sheepishly came out of the door. And the innkeeper was furious that he had gone into the Bashamta's special room. And he was about to strike the boy. And the Bashamta held back his hand and said, Leave the boy alone. One day this boy is going to help you. Now this young boy, Peter, was very grateful to the Bashamta. Throughout the visit, he got the Bashamta whatever the Bashamta needed. He cleaned after his room. He gave the Bashamta a lot of um, kindness in return to the kindness he had given him. And when the Bashamta wanted to leave, the young boy wanted to escort the Bashamta together with his master to say goodbye. And the master, of course, said no. And the Bashamta repeated the same warning. He said, one day this young boy is going to come to your rescue. Be good to him. And so, and so the Bashamta... The young boy went, up, went to escort the Bashamtov, and on the way back, the innkeeper and the young boy Peter were, were riding together, and he remembered what the Bashamtov had told him twice, and he told the young boy, what would you like? Let me get you something nice. And the young boy said, I don't really want anything. I want, I want an education. Could you get me an education? And so he remembered what the Bashamtov said, and he decided, you know what? I'm going to do it. And he paid for his schooling. And the young, this young boy, Peter, was ex- exceptionally bright. He picked up and caught up far beyond what all the other kids in school were. And by the time he finished, he came back to work for the innkeeper, and he ran all the finances for the innkeeper, and he worked out all the taxes. One day, uh, uh, he was working on taxes for a, a nobleman that had used the property, and the nobleman was very intrigued by this young man, and he decided to go to the innkeeper and told the Jewish innkeeper, I'd like to pay to take your employee, and I want, I want to make him my own employee. He paid the innkeeper a very generous amount, and Peter said goodbye to his Jewish innkeeper, the man who had given him, taken care of him for so many years, and he went with the nobleman. The nobleman, the nobleman told him, like he said, I don't have any family. When you go, when you come to my territory, I want you to just tell people, you're my nephew. And that's what happened. He went to the nobleman. He took care of the nobleman's accounting. And he told him the nephew. The, he got married. The nobleman passed away. And shortly after, he was the next of kin officially. No one knew that they weren't actually related. Shortly after, he became the new nobleman. And when he became the nobleman, he thought back to this Jewish innkeeper who had been so kind to him for so many years. And he said he, he has to make it right. He has to be good back to this man. So he went to go find him. He went back to his old house where he used to live as a young boy. And he saw someone else was living there. And he asked around what was going on. They said that this innkeeper had lost all his fortunes after he had sold Peter. And he now was in a different city. And he was collecting charity. He was, he was literally living on the streets. And Peter felt dreadful. This man had been so good to him. He went to the other city. He found him. He tells told him like this. He said, "Listen, I'm going to bring you back to my to my my territory. I'm going to make it. I'm going to build an inn for you. You're going to run the estate. You know how to run an estate very well. You're good for life." And he gave him a very generous amount of money and went back to his own area in order to build up a location for for this innkeeper to move back to. Meanwhile, in the city, there had been a massive amount of money that was stolen, and people saw that this man who had been a beggar a day ago was now suddenly living a very wealthy life, they accused him of stealing. And without any form of, of 
a judgment or anything. They took the Jewish man, threw him into prison, and he, he, was in, he was in jail. By the time Peter came back to take the Jewish man, he found him in prison. He went to the officials and he testified that this man is a, a good man, and even without a court case, just his own word, he was freed. He brought him to his estate, and the, the he, 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 Peter took care of him. He, he gave him an incredible job, gave him a lot of money, and everyone started becoming very jealous, and they came to the priest, and they told the priest, there's this new Jewish man, and this nobleman loves him so much, he's taking such good care of him, we have to get rid of him. And the priest told them... He, He'll take care of it. And a while later, the Jewish man was brought to court. They'd found the body of a, of, a young ba- of a young baby outside of the inn, and they accused him of a blood libel. And didn't matter how much he insisted that this was fake and it wasn't real, they threw him into jail. They, they, had, they had a full court case, and they sentenced him to death. He, he was freed on bail by Peter. And he rushed to the Bashanta and told the Bashanta, help me, I need help. Bashanta said, don't worry, that young boy, that Peter, that I told you is going to save your life, he's going he's to save your life. And that's what happened. He went back to the village. Peter made an appeal. And at the appeal, he told the judge he wants to speak on behalf of, of the Jewish innkeeper. And he told the judge like this. He said, I, I want to speak to the lady who, whose baby it was. So they bring the lady up to the stand. And the, inke- the, the nobleman says like this, he says, to the lady, I was there when you were dropping off the bundle. Happened to be he was walking by and he didn't say anything until now, until then. He wanted to see how it all plays out. He said, you were walking at such and such a time during the day. You were carrying a bundle. You dropped it off in this particular location. He spelled out the entire story in front of her. She was so shocked that he had literally been there watching her from a distance that she confessed. She said, it wasn't my idea. The priest is the one that did it. So they put the priest on the stand and the judge took over and grilled this, the, the priest on all the details. It turned out the priest killed the, the child and promised her redemption for all her sins if she was going to plant the child in the inn. And both of those people were, were hung. Or that in, the priest was hung. I'm not sure what happened with the lady. But the, the, the old man, the innkeeper, was, was taken out of jail and was returned back to his life. And this, this Peter, the nobleman, took care of him. The Tanya so far is talking about kindness. The kindness that Hashem shows up us and the awareness that we have of that and the gratitude and the reciprocation that we want to have when we realize just how good God has been to us. And we set up the two brachas of the Shema. The first blessing of the Shema talking about the greatness of God, about how great the angels are, in spite of that, God's so much beyond that. And then the second bracha of the Shema, second blessing of the Shema, talks about Hashem leaving all the angels per se, making His presence here and giving us, or the person individually, so much love and affection. And by the time a person reaches Shema, the love that they have towards God is so incredible because they realize just how much God has done for them. When a person with a rational brain does some thinking and realizes in his heart and brain what's going on, how much God loves him, he'll have this reciprocal feeling towards God. God's so good to me. I have to be good back. I have to love God back. He loves me. His soul will have an incredible love towards God and will enclose itself with a with a uh, kindness towards God. A person will have so much good feelings towards God and say, I'll 
put aside everything that's in the way of my connection to God and I want to have an intimate relationship with God because God loves me and wants to have an intimate relationship with me. Okay, so now the person realizes, okay, God's so good to me. I love him just like he loves me. I want to have a connection to me. He wants to hug and kiss me. How do I do it? What do I do next? And for this, if you open the Shema, says al you can see exactly how it progresses from there. The two blessings of the Shema bring us to that love, make us realize how much God loves us. And by the time you reach the Shema, the Shema is telling us the secret to love God back. For this it says, And these things, these words shall be upon your heart. And you'll talk about them. What's talking about them? Them is Torah. When a person learns Torah, they're able to have this reciprocal love to God. That when when we talk about the the kissing, the the in, remember in the example we brought of the king kissing the low life, this is on on a Hashem level, on a Hashem and a Jewish person level. It's a connection. Well, let's read it in the sign. The kissing level between God and a Jew is the intellectual um, capacity of God and the intellectual capacity of a Jew bonding and merging one with another. How does that happen? How does Hashem's wisdom and our wisdom merge? By learning Torah. When a person learns Torah, Torah is like kissing God. When God gave us the ability to, to connect to Him by giving us the Torah, how do we reciprocate that? By actually learning the Torah, by sitting and learning the Torah. We're able to actually have this form of intimacy with God, this kissing of God. And the mouth. The, the mouth, that when a person talks, it's like the, the speech. And this is the speech of engaging in Torah. So a person wants to have a reciprocal love towards God. And they want to express it. How do you express love towards an infinite God? In the case of the low life, how does the low life have, have, a, have a love towards the king? The king is so good to him, so kind to him. And the more the low life starts to learn about the king, the more inspired he becomes about how much the king has done for him. And now he wants to give back to the king. How does he do it? And the answer is, he hugs and kisses the king back. The king hugged him. He hugs and kisses him back. In our case, when we're reading Shema, we're saying, well, God is so good to us. God loves us so much. He's given us so much opportunity. The chance to determine this is, how do we how do we reciprocate? And the answer is exactly the same. We hug and kiss God back. And the way we do that is by learning Torah and doing mitzvahs. Thank you so much for joining. The have a wonderful and very successful day and thank you so much for joining